What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Unrestricted. I'm your host, Ben Lieber. I hope everybody had a great week. My special guest this week is a 14-year NFL quarterback, 13 with the Minnesota Vikings and one with the New Orleans Saints. He retired in 1990. He was a first-round draft pick in 1977 from Rice University, in which he set all sorts of records. And then, uh, speaking of which, he was named to the College Football Hall of Fame in 2012. I'm speaking about the man they gave the nickname to in high school as Two Minute Tommy for his ability to lead his team back in the fourth quarter to win a lot of football games. He did it in high school, he did it in college, and he also did it in the NFL. It is Tommy Kramer, one of the 50 greatest Vikings players of all time. You can find him on Twitter at Kramer9Tommy. You can also find him on Instagram at TommyKramer9 and also his website, TommyKramer9. Uh, we talk a lot of old school versus new school football. He certainly gives his thoughts on the current Minnesota Vikings. And boy, oh boy, does he have some stories to tell you guys. So I hope you guys enjoy this. This was my last live recording at Mystic Lake Casino. I want to thank Mystic Lake Casino for hosting these live broadcasts, these live episodes of this Unrestricted Podcast. So thank you guys very much. There certainly should be some more down the road and some good things happening down there with myself in Mystic Lake Casino. So thank you guys so much. So without further ado, here he is, Tommy Kramer on Unrestricted. Hello, everyone. Woo! How's it going? Thank you for coming out to Mystic Lake Casino. This is the Unrestricted Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Lieber, uh, former Viking. And uh, it's always a pleasure to come down here and hang out with you guys. Thank you guys for showing up. And to my right, I don't think he needs any introduction, but I have to because it's a podcast and everybody's going to listen to this. Most of you are not here. So, Tommy Kramer, everyone. One of the Minnesota Vikings' top 50 greatest players of all time. Um, a guy that obviously could sling the football all around the yard. Has had one hell of a career. And um, you're kind of back. You're sort of back in Minnesota, right? That, is that the rumor that you, yeah. you went away for a while, you went back to Texas, oh, that's but now you're, you're that's back? That's because all my exes are still in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you want to get as far away from the X's. You got to come back. They're not going to follow you to the cold. That was a smart move. That was a smart move. You know, those Texas gals are like, nah, Tommy's in Minnesota. I'm not going up there. I'm not chasing him around. So how are you? Doing good. You, Doing were, good. you were just in Arizona. Yeah, we just got back two days ago, and we were out in Maricopa, uh, Arizona. Got to play about eight rounds of golf, so it was nice. Yeah. Is that is that your favorite pastime right now? Is oh yeah, I don't I don't like to fish. You don't like to fish? No. You never picked up fishing while you're in Minnesota? No. What is it about fishing that you don't like? It's just boring? Well no. You don't get a kit. You like if you're playing golf, you get to hit that ball every time. But you throw that rod out, you know, you don't get a fish. <laughs> yeah, I but it's the results. camaraderie. It's the camaraderie. It's just like golf. You sit on a boat, you sit on the shoreline, it's you and your bros. You have a couple beers, and the fishing's sort of secondary, you know? That's why I don't like oh, that's why I don't like it. It's yeah. secondary. No, I'm just giving you a hard time. I 
I go back and forth. There are times where I really love just to fish. I just need the time away. But um, golf, to me, can be too frustrating. I'll walk away from a four-hour round of golf. I'm like, son of a bitch. I played terribly. I lost a dozen, a dozen golf balls. I got a sunburn on my neck. What the hell am I doing out here? Well, I think it, the way I look at it is, you know, when you get to be a senior, the tees get up a little further. Yeah. It gets better as you get older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you're not hitting it as far. So isn't it all relative? Well, I don't play out of the sand either. No, you don't? No. If it goes in the sand, you just foot wedge it out and just no, pick I it up? pull it right out, put it you're on the ground. You're cheating. Grass. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would play golf, too, if I could just foot wedge my way out of every problem. Well, that's what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got it figured out because it sounds way more fun to do that. Um, let's, let's get into right of the, the meat of all the Vikings talk. I... I follow you on social media. You're at Kramer9Tommy, capital K, 9, capital T, Tommy, on Twitter. And you, my friend, are, you're opinionated. You're, you're not afraid to put your opinions out there. And I appreciate that. That's what well, social media is for. Well, that's why. Yeah, I know. Let it's, them know what it is. Let you know. Well, I think everybody wants to know what it is from your brain about how you evaluate what's been going on with the Minnesota Vikings as of late. So let's just kind of rewind here. Let's look at, and I want to get your thoughts on Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, the direction of the Vikings these last eight years, and for Rick Spielman for much longer than that. But let's just go back to the last eight years that they were together. Did you think it was the right direction for the team early on? Did you like their approach? And do you feel like it was necessary for them to both get let go at the end of this season? Uh, this season? Uh, earlier this season, you know, they, we were playing the Detroit Lions, and we had the game won, but all we had to do is keep them out of the end zone. If you put defenders 20, 30 yards, what are you just giving up that yardage? Doesn't make any sense. And then when you get down to the goal line, they, those guys shouldn't be in the end zone. They should be above about the five yard lines, make them work for it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. That is so. If everybody needs a refresher on that game, and I, I see some head shaking, like, no man, don't let us relive that that moment. Yeah, you're right. We had the game won. Um, there are a couple things that happened. They they threw a ball over the middle, and because of time management, they wanted to get out of bounds and stop the clock and not use a timeout. And our our guy, our corner, I'm not going to name him, misses the tackle. And the guy runs out of bounds. Oh, if, if that play right there, he tackles him inbounds, they have to use a timeout. Um, they possibly don't have a chance to win the game. And then they go down the field, and we have a corner that's playing four yards off the receiver, five yards deep in the end zone. <laughs> five yards deep. <laughs> so, let, but let me ask you, though, because you've been in those situations, and it seems maddening from the fan base. Do you put that on Coach Zimmer? the defensive coordinator and the secondaries coach, or do you put that on the player? Well, I think it's a combination, you know. I mean, Zim is a big big name here, you know, a very good defensive guy. And this other guy, he's like a rookie, and he's just gotten put in. I would say that would be against Zim because, you know, he's got it. He knows that you just can't let him go run down the field. Right. Yeah, I mean – 
I think the I think the point is you bring up the Detroit game, and it'd be one thing if the Vikings made the playoffs and that was their one blemish where they just didn't play well. Right. They had multiple games where they just were so close and they could not win the game. You know, it's like yeah. there's there's something just off about them not being able to finish. That's that's probably more coaching, don't you yeah. think? Well, it's got to be coaching, and I would like to see Cousins take on take on a lot more. Uh, you know, like they said, he couldn't uh, call a timeout or something. You not going to let your quarterback call timeout if he wants to? I said, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, some of those things I just don't know if they're ever true. You know, I'm like, is that rumor? Are you not empowering your quarterback to to take over the game and sort of call the timeouts when they feel like they're necessary? You would know when you're in when your quarterback oh, yeah. <laughs> when your quarterback and you're in the moment. You know the situation. Oh yeah. And if you want to, you feel like you should call a timeout, you should call a timeout. So let's look at, so about Rick Spielman. Do you feel like that he, he accumulated and brought in the right talent to, to produce a winning team? Or do you feel like there are some deficiencies there too? Um, well, I, I mean, how many times did they make the playoffs? You know, I mean, they went to the game when, uh, at the Metrodome. Yep. Well, I think I think in Zimmer's tenure, it was like every other year. Like it was a weird thing. It was like every odd year. Yeah. So th- three years they went to the playoffs. And you know, even then, you know, you have guys that <laughs> they get in trouble. And I couldn't believe that another game. And well, of course, then again, we've had our tro- our troubles with kickers. Yes. And that's even when I was playing down there then. You guys had a problem with kickers back then? <laughs> yeah. This is real. So, the, look, I've only been a part of this franchise since 2006. Kicking, I know, I, I understand the, the Anderson kick and all this other. Yeah. But is that really plagued this franchise this whole time? It's cost them a lot. <laughs> but I will say this year, it didn't really cost them that much. There was the one game in Arizona. Outside of that, I feel like our kicking was pretty good. It was oh, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just talking about back when I was watching all this stuff, you know, like the, the uh, when they had the 50 greatest Vikings of all time, and and we're lined up on the sideline, and Bud comes out in his little short sleeve shirt and all that, you know, and they have and they have the snow blowers blowing all the s- snow from the field on the back of us while we're waiting to go line up on the. <laughs> Oh, and so, but that game, they lost that field goal. Yeah. And it wasn't even that long. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought up Bud Grant. Do you think he was ever, do you think that was a, a thing, a show just to show you guys how tough he was? Or do you think he really was unaffected by the cold? I think he was unaffected by the cold. How is that possible? <laughs> I know that you're a San Antonio guy, so you probably couldn't <laughs> couldn't comprehend. But I look at those old videos and pictures, and I'm like, how is that dude not showing any any ounce of discomfort standing there? And everybody else has just got the 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 breath coming out, the, the oh, yeah. you know the smoke come out of their their mouth, and they, they're even the bald headed guys they got the steam coming off, and he's just standing there like it's no big deal. Well, at least he had a long sleeve jacket on for a while, anyway. Yeah. But, you know, I guarantee you, Bud's never talked to half the people he's ever played. Is that right? Yeah. 
You know, because that that's part of the reason why a lot of the players, when Mike Zimmer was let go, they said that, hey, we got to we got to have a coach that's not only hard, but we got to have a coach that shows a little bit of, you know, humanity towards us and, and talks to us and, you know, will ask us personal questions and stuff like that. And you're telling me Bud Grant did none of that. No. He didn't do any of that. Did he do that with you? Well, no. The only thing he told me is, is uh, you know, Tommy, if, you know, whatever you need to keep your hands warm, I'll look the other way. <laughs> so that's all he would really say to you yeah. so during the course of the week as you guys are getting ready for a game was there a close relationship with him as far as game plan and all that other stuff nothing what did he do he just decided he left everything to his coordinators okay and so he you know and he's then he sometimes he'd say okay well you know i might want to do a timeout or something so he would just roll in, probably from hunting, <laughs> yeah. and, and throw you guys out in the field to practice and just sort of stand there and no, watch his coordinators he, work. No, he'd always get, he was always anxious to get out on Monday because that's his, that's his uh, hunting day. <laughs> <laughs> so he would essentially throw you guys a bone on Monday practice, be like, get out of here because I got a date with hunting. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, times have changed, TK. Well, and then, and then we had Fred Zamberletti, our oh, trainer. Yeah. And, man, that, and, you know, you, you never wanted to get hurt, you know? Why? They, well, because he sits there and puts an, elbow, puts an elbow into your back and just starts grinding and grinding and grinding. Then he makes him do up-downs. Every 10 yards, going back and forth, up, down. To injure guys? Yeah. He said, because they ain't going to want to be here, so I'm just going to get but them out But what if here. you're actually hurt? Well, you don't know how bad it is, though. What do you mean? Like, you guys didn't do x-rays or anything? Well, they, I'm talking about the ones that don't have the... Oh, the ones that don't have all the, uh, you know, the yeah, I mean, everybody gets hurt. Hell, I got hurt in 83, wore cast for six months. And, you know, and it, but he, he's trying to get him out of the, onto the field as soon as he can. can. So if you, are will, if you are able, you're physically able to stand up and, and run or walk or jog down the field, you were doing up-downs. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, I can see why you never want to get hurt. I know. I can see guys faking, faking that stuff all the time. Uh, Bud down in training camp, you know, this is my first, this is my first year in 77, you know, coming down to Mankato. And so I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. So I just go and stood by Bud. And then I saw, notice Bud watching those guys hit the uh, sled, yeah. the defensive line. And then there were two of them that didn't hit it. There were two of them that didn't hit the sleds. And so I said, Bud, how come those two guys don't have to hit the sled? He goes, Tommy, they show up on Sunday. <laughs> so do you remember who they were? Yeah. Uh, uh, Carl Eller and Jim Marshall. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say um, they, had, they had proven their worth. 
and they could kind of just do whatever they wanted for practice. Hey, guys, as long as you're fresh and ready to go for Sundays, you guys do whatever you want. Yeah, that's right. There, there is a double standard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> then we had, because Alan Page went to uh, be an attorney and all that, and so he'd, Bud would let him, you know, skip training camp until he gets done with the, his uh, schooling. And so, every, and so the first day he'd come back to the practice and Bud would have him do up-downs right after, right after the, it was over. You know, practice was over. And, man, we're all we're cheering, we're, uh, cheering Alan on. Come on, Alan, go, go. And, I mean, he's just barely walking up and down because he's done it so many times before. And everybody's yelling for him because we're all we're all ready to go to the stadium pizza uh, pizza oh, store oh, yeah, and, pizza, and, yeah. and and get beer. Yeah, <laughs> get beer after practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard stories about your your era of football. You know, you guys your training camps, although they were longer, you guys were there for several weeks longer than oh, we yeah. were. But there was a little bit more freedom as far as being. Uh, just just a bunch of dudes hanging out. You know, the time constraints when you're down there weren't as much. I think that we only had, when I was in, when I was there with Childress, I think every training camp we only had a, about two nights where you could kind of let go and, and like, go out. Everything else, meetings till 9.30, you get your snack, you're back in your room till at 10, dead bed check at 11, you couldn't go out. Oh, man, that's a bad team to be on. <laughs> <laughs> what would what would you tell? What would you have told Bud if he gave you that schedule and said, "TK, all you guys, bed check at eleven, and uh, I'll see you back at practice at seven a.m." Seven? Y'all practice at seven a.m.? Well, we were getting taped at. I was in the sometimes in the weight room at six thirty. Hey, we never got up that early to play. <laughs> and they called you guys the tough generation. I don't know, everybody. I don't know. Well, well, yeah, but they, they're, they're, warm, they're, they're wearing you out. That's what I was saying. Yeah. But, you know, you know, you realize that these guys in this day and age, they don't do, any, they don't do really any training camp. They have no two-a-days. It's illegal for them to do two-a-days. They cannot practice with pads on. Oh, yeah, anymore. Anymore. Yeah. Anymore. Yes. The current players right now. Yeah. Now, we were the tough guys. Yeah. Yeah, we actually had two-a-day practice. <laughs> These guys, they don't have two-a-day practice. They have a walkthrough yeah. and then one practice. Oh, we had that. We had a walkthrough for every play before lunch, and then we got to afternoon, and we're, you know, but we didn't really hit people then. You know, because you're not – you yeah. can't afford to hurt your own no. people. And, you know, and so every time I'd sometimes, you know, my, my offensive guard, you know, they'd pull out and step right on my toes. And I'd like, oh, God, damn, that, fuck, that, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so, <laughs> and I'm like, man, I mean, I mean, you don't see my toenails now. They're like yellow and brown and all. Oh, open. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all all from those big offensive linemen stepping on your yeah, feet. Yeah, with, with those steel. Uh, yeah, those cleats. Steel cleats. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've had my fair share of, of broken toenails. That's the one thing about training camp that would happen to me. That was every year. For, for my every training camp in my career, it didn't matter if it was back in college or in the NFL, I would come away with two, if not four, toenails that always come off. Wow. I, I don't know what it is. I, I always got stepped on. <laughs> and I, So you had a problem with offensive linemen. I had a problem with defensive linemen stepping on my feet. I don't know what it is <laughs> about those big guys. I supposed to go forward. I, know, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. You know, you're just getting those, those scrums, those tackles, and all of a sudden oh, yeah. someone just steps on your foot. You're like, ah, <laughs> son of a bitch. I lost another toenail. <laughs> This podcast is supported by my friends at Redmond Real Salt. I discovered the salt about a year ago when I did the one-month carnivore diet challenge, which called for a pure source of mineral-rich sea salt. And I just became obsessed with the flavor it provided for all the meats, the steaks, the chicken, the pork. It really was love at first bite. Then I find out that Redmond Real Salt is mined right here in the great United States from an ancient underground seabed in Redmond, Utah. Yeah, there used to be an ocean in Utah. I didn't know that. So... You're not getting something that's shipped in from halfway across the world. It's also harvested without the use of any explosives or compromising machinery, and there are no additives added either. It all means this ancient sea salt and its 65 natural trace minerals are left in the purest form to give your body the cleanest natural salt that is essential for daily health and wellness. They also have an incredibly clean electrolyte mix that I use every morning to start my day with a natural hydration. And they also have a workout mix, a pre-workout mix that I use every time I go out and get my workout in. It's a great way to hydrate your body and get your body and mind right for your sweat. They have a bunch of other products as well. Check out Redmond Real Salt at redmond.life. That's right, redmond.life. And use the promo code LIBER, L-E-B-E-R, at checkout for 15% off your order. It's redmond.life, promo code LIBER, for 15% off your order. Now, let's get back to the show. What was, what was life like for you? You know, I love, I love comparing these stories. Everybody sort of wants to know, it was welcome to the NFL moments. You know, you had such a successful career at Rice, very accomplished as a passer and a quarterback. You get in the, the NFL. Did you ever have one of those moments where like, oh, shit, I don't belong here? Or on the flip side, did you have those moments where you're like, oh, hell yeah, I totally belong here. I can play with these guys. Oh, yeah. Well, when I was at training camp with Vikings my rookie year, and we had a picture with me and Fran, and uh, so and so, I said, Fran, you know, have you have you lost any of your arm, you know, since you know since your this is your 17th year, or whatever year? Yeah. He goes, No, I haven't lost any of it. I said, Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, that's good. And I said to myself right then, I'm gonna have a long career. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Did you, what did you notice about him and the way he played and practiced and all that that would maybe lead to the longevity of his arm? Did he not throw much, or it just, did he just have a natural motion that never no, wore down well, his they, arm? No, you know, they scrambled all the time. Yeah. You know, and he, I mean, he was a hell of a quarterback, too. Yeah. But, it, you know, that's I a, did, But that's a long time to take some hits. I mean, you're, if you're scrambling, it also means you're going to take some unnecessary hits. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, well, at least he didn't want to get hit in the, in the huddles either. I mean, in the line of scrimmage. Yeah. That's why he'd take off. And so, Bernsey, I, I took off one day and scrambling. And Bernsey goes, what, what, are you, what are you running all, what, all around for? What are you doing? I said, well, I saw Fran do this all the time. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, I had, I had your buddy 
Scott Studwell oh, yeah. on, on this podcast. He was sitting right where you're sitting right there. And, and I was saying, hey, man, and you know Stud. I said, hey, you got, you got to share some stories of you and TK, you know. <laughs> and he's like, nah, nah, I, you know. He's just like, ah, I'm not going to say. Can you, do you have a story with you and Stud that you can share? Is there something from training camp? Off season, it sounds like you guys were as thick as thieves at times. Yeah, no, we were at uh, we were back at you know back at the house from where Studwell and I lived together for like five years. So then I I had picked up this sweetie with you know and brought her to over to the house. And so then and and she's doing her thing and doing it for me. And and then all of a sudden there's a knock on the back our back door and there's a flashlight coming in on there too and she had her negligee on and all that stuff so i answered the uh, answered the door he says uh does a scott studwell live here i said yeah he lives here he's upstairs uh do you think that you could get him for me i said yeah i'll go get him i go hey stud there's a cop down there wanting to see you <laughs> he says all right, so he went down there, and they were talking. And so uh, they asked Scott, Mr. Studwell, did you have any problems with something on the road on the way home? He goes, yeah. yeah this son of a bitch would come and be run right back me and then go past me and slow down again. And I'd go around him again, and he would go do it again. And so finally I just rammed him with my damn truck in the grill. <laughs> And so he said, oh, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> he said, that's fine? Yeah, the cop did, that's fine. Oh, because he's getting taunted by this, whoever the driver was. So once he explained the fact that this guy was, like, messing yeah. with him on the road, he's like, oh, you had every, right, every reason and right to hit this guy in the back. Yeah. So wait, so rewind. So what was up with the chick? Oh, no, that was my girl. What's that? That's my girl. That was your girl? Yeah, she stayed there with me. Oh, okay. I thought you made it sound like she came walking up with the cop. No. Oh, okay. No. Like, I thought this, that's my fault for not understanding. I thought for some reason, like, there was a road rage incident and he left the gal on the side of the road. And then that's where my mind went. Oh, geez. I just, I do want to say uh, for everybody that's standing here watching, thank you guys so much. In, in about 15, 20 minutes, what, what I usually like to do is let you guys ask some questions to TK. And so if you have a question, you're brave enough, you know, I'll, uh, I'll turn it over to you guys and you guys can have the floor. But um, I do want to ask you, you know, I kind of, you know, I've kind of bounced around this whole topic with the Vikings and all that stuff. And we'll get back into some football talk. You know, the Vikings are taking a little bit of a different approach. They obviously, like we mentioned, fired the head coach. They fired Rick Spielman, the GM. And they said, we're going a different direction. Now, the direction that they went with the GM is Quasi Adafa Mensa. And he is what they call, quote-unquote, an analytics guy, meaning that, hey, they're going to look at some of the football stuff, get a, get a gut feel for the, for the football player and, and their talents and all that stuff. But we're also going to look at some of these metrics, some of these numbers, and we're going to add it all up, and then we're going to make decisions that way. When you hear something like that, based off of how you think teams are constructed and your, your experience and all that stuff, how do you feel about that analytics research-driven approach? I can't even spell that. <laughs> no, I did. I don't, you know, that never comes into my brain for, I mean, anything you go out there, 
you play and you win or you lose. I mean, it's it's that simple. Yeah. But when you were wa- but when you were watching and you were breaking down tape back in your day and you're watching a defensive end, you're watching a safety or something like that, it really was just purely the information that you were given is just how they actually performed on Sundays. That's it? Yeah. So if you got a scouting report, what was really in it? Just height, weight? Well, no, just- I mean, when I'm playing against the offense, I mean, the, the defense. their defense. Yeah. Well, I see where they're lining up. Yeah. And knowing that once they get over that uh, free or strong safety, then I'm going to get uh, either a, a, what the hell, you cover one. Yeah, and so you knew what coverage there. So you'd break down the coverage based yeah. on where the safeties were. Yeah, on that, and you know, then also, you know, you can see where they're trying to get you off of your track. Right. Yeah. So, and any they especially when we played the Bears, we had the fit that forty six defense, and uh, so I'd go up, go up to the line of scrimmage, and I saw that cover two. I mean, not cover two, but the 46 defense. And so I, I audibled out. It was go 970, 970. Those are my quick slants. Gotcha. And so I go and I hit the, hit the uh, receiver on the strong side for 12-yard gain. And then Bob Snelker sends in that play again. And I go up to the line of scrimmage and said, that shit ain't going to work. <laughs> and so I go, 970, 970. And so I hit the guy on the left. And so this happened five more times in a row. Come on. And he sent it, and I audibled out. We ended up scoring a field goal. And so I'm jogging over to the sideline, you know, feeling pretty, you know, pretty good. We got a field goal out of it. And Snucker's standing over there like smoke coming out of his ears. He goes, God damn it, Tommy, God damn, don't you think I only, only call that fucking play five times and you audible out of it every fucking time? And I said, Bob, why don't you take my helmet, you take my jersey, take my shoulder pads, my shoes, my socks, my pants, and you go out there and you, I have a 180-pound back blocking a 255-pound linebacker when I have to drop back 10 yards deep. So he was calling a play that was a deeper yeah. drop, deeper yeah. passes. And you're like, heck no, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> getting <laughs> I'm getting this ball out quick. <laughs> and so, and then he goes, I'll never question you again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love those stories. Do you, do you have sort of these, these certain games or plays? And, and I know that Everybody loves to talk about the miracle at the Met and all that other stuff. But outside of a game like that or a play like that, do you have a few plays that just stick in your brain as far as just some of your most memorable situations? Yeah, the, the most memorable one was when I was a rookie in 77, and we were playing the San Francisco 49ers. And Bob Lee was the starting quarterback at that time. And we're losing, I mean, yeah, we're losing 21 to 7. And Bud starts walking down, and they're punting to us. And Bud starts walking down the sideline. And he goes, rookie, get in there. So I've got this cape on, and I'm trying to pull that thing out. And I had sauna rocks in my pocket. And I'm just trying to get all this stuff and hope it doesn't land on my toes. (laughs) 
And so I go, so I finally I get out there in the huddle, but now the adrenaline just takes over and it's just, you know how that feels. Yeah, yeah. And so I go, throw five passes, we score a touchdown. I said, damn, this is kind of fun. <laughs> kind of easy. <laughs> and so they get a, they get a, another field goal. So they got 24 and we got 14. So I go out for this, our second drive. And I threw six passes, and we scored another touchdown. And so we got 21. Well, they get a field goal, another field goal, and they got 27. I said, all right, well, there's a lot of time left on the game. You know, it's don't, don't try to shove it. And so I go out, I throw a complete pass for six yards, and I threw an incomplete pass. And then I said, ah, oh, shit. Uh, so I said, I thought to myself, well, I looked up. I had three timeouts left, so I knew I had plenty of time. I'm t- I called a timeout, and I said, let me talk to Bernsey on the phone. I said, Bernsey. I said, what do you got? He goes, what do you got? <laughs> I said, well, aren't you the damn offensive coordinator? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, wh- what do you want me to do? He goes, uh, just figure it out. Just figure it out. <laughs> No way. So I said, okay, I'm going to put Rashad over here on the right. I'm going to put Sammy in the slot. And I'm going to put uh, Bob Tucker over here and Terry LeCount over there. And I'm going to have Sammy run on the inside shoulder of that free safety. But do not cross midfield. And so Ernie goes, great play. <laughs> and it worked. Well, 69-yard touchdown Come pass. Come on. Yeah. And you just basically drew it in the dirt. Yeah. That's unbelievable. So you had, you had that was one of your 19 comebacks that you had with the, with the Minnesota yeah, Vikings. I don't know. Yeah, that's my first one. That was your first one. Yeah. How much shit did you get for being called two-minute Tommy? Oh, that came, that came from that was high, that school, was high right? school. Yeah, that was high school. But that, yeah. car- that, that stayed with you, though. Oh, yeah, it stayed up there. Well, even, even more. In high, a high school kid being called two-minute Tommy? Come on. Come on, I think everybody knows where I'm going with this, right? (laughs) I know it's all you need, but, you know, sometimes they want like two and a half minutes, three minutes. (laughs) You said that, not me. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine in any locker room that you were in, whether it was a high school or college or the NFL, and they're like, hey, you're you're the two-minute guy? And you're kind of like sheepishly, well, in what context? Yeah, yes, probably to both, right? <laughs> there could be other perks to that because you could get another one quicker. Oh, yeah, you just like bounce right into the yeah. next one, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, you know, as you get older, the reload, the reload becomes a little harder, you know? We're getting off the rails now, you know that? We are getting so off the rails. It is kind of turned into the Power Trip morning show. You know, this is another question I like to ask a lot of former players, and you being an offensive guy, was there a guy on defense that you either loved to play or you hated to play because they were so tenacious, ferocious, so They were so skilled, badass. They were so badass. Is there a couple okay. guys that come to mind? Well, there's definitely LT. Oh, God. Lawrence Taylor. What is it? What was it like knowing that that – was he talking the whole time? Oh, all, all time. So all those NFL films of just him yapping, and that was all the time. Oh, yeah. 
Did that get in your head? <laughs> no, it didn't get in my head. But we were playing one day, and, you know, and I gave him the hard count, and he jumped off sides. And so I kind of relaxed, and he came and put his helmet right in the middle of my back. And Jerry Markbright was a damn referee. I said, Jerry, throw the fucking flag. God damn, he hit me right in my fucking middle of my back. I said, throw the flag. Oh, well, he couldn't hear it. I said, how come I could hear it? <laughs> well, in this day and age, you know, he'd be, he'd be flagged for that and fined for that. But back then, they didn't care. Yeah. Well, and then another one is Bruce Smith. And he, he did something on the... Uh, on Twitter or whatever you're on, and he's got all these tombstones. Oh, I saw that for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. and I was number one on there. <laughs> no, you <laughs> he, were. He was my first. He was my first guy to. I was his first guy to sack. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you are naming some icons. Um, oh yeah. Singletary. Oh yeah, we got some good ones that one. What was he like? Was he as intense as they say? Oh yeah, he was just intense. a nonstop motor. Yeah. Yeah, except one day, I think I scrambled. I think I scrambled in for an 18-yard touchdown or something. But anyway, but as I'm going in the end zone, he grabs my face mask, and boy, I got pissed off. I said, "You motherfucker!" I says, "If in, I'm, I said, if you ever do that to me again, boom, I popped it right on his face mask." What? You yeah. did that to Singletary? Yeah. Man, you were asking for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know they have a legal right to just pummel you. <laughs> it happened another time against Atlanta, and then somebody tries to. I threw a pick against Atlanta, and this guy tries to come block me. And I took my helmet off and hit him, too. <laughs> Are you someone who deals with chronic soreness? Maybe it's sore and achy joints from an old injury, or you're an active person who pushes their bodies, or maybe it's age related arthritis. Whatever the cause, I have the solution for you. It's called IASO. I A. SO, and it's a revolutionary therapy device that uses 100-year-old scientifically proven cold laser technology. This South Korean wonder device is the only cold laser device that can be used at home and hands-free. Most of the time, you have to go to some sort of hospital or clinic to get this type of treatment because of the size of the machine. But Iaso has engineered this potent light therapy into a device that fits into the palm of your hand. I use my devices all the time on my arthritic knee and my bulging disc in my neck with relieving results. And guess what? It's all done pain free. Go to wellscare.net or bestbuy.com. That's wellscare.net or bestbuy.com to purchase and start enjoying your life pain free with Iaso. When you watch the NFL right now or watch football in general, I don't know. I don't care if you're watching high school football back in Texas, you're watching college football. What are your impressions of the game? I mean, do you think it's progressed in a way that is, is good for the game or do you feel like it's gone too far in some areas? Well, yeah, I mean, if it depends on what position you're playing. For sure, but yeah, maybe but, just overall in general. Well, I mean, I, people want to see high-scoring games. Yeah. You know, so, if, you know, but when it gets down to the playoffs, you know, everything gets, you know, people don't take as many chances. Right, right. And so, no, I like the way the game is now. You do? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I, when I talk to a lot of guys from the older generation, I don't get that. 
Guys from the older generation are like, ah, it's just not, there's a toughness that's gone. I don't like all the rules. There's so many flags. It's all, it's all turned into just a passing league. But you're a quarterback that threw the ball, so maybe that's okay for you. <laughs> but, you know, so there are some people that just want to see a little bit more of the run game, a little bit more true defense. But that's not you. You think it's, you think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's fine. And you're fine I with I mean, look at how exciting the games are. Yeah. They're all coming down to the last play yeah. or field goal or block. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, especially if you're looking at the last, the last two playoff weekends yeah. have to be, at least in my, in my lifetime, my adult life, the two best football weekends of my life. Yeah. I mean, every game I, is just incredible. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just every game has been, even, even the last, you know, the Kansas City-Cincinnati game. You know, it looked like early on, ah, Kansas City's kind of got this game in the bag. It kind of got boring. And all of a sudden, Cincinnati <laughs> keeps chipping away, chipping away, and then game-winning field goal, man. It was awesome. <laughs> what do you think about a guy like Tom Brady? When you see a guy like Tom Brady with 22 years in the league. Yeah. Reminds me of George Blanda. George Blanda? In what way? Well, he's a quarterback and a kicker, and he played for a long time in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. But, but- the played. How many years is that <laughs> till he's 44? Yeah, 22 years. That's a long time. What age were you when you retired? Uh, 35. 35? Yeah, 35, 36, somewhere yeah. in there. And you, had a, and you had a couple injuries, spine injury and all that stuff, right? Yeah. That's kind of ultimately what sort of made you stop your career. Yeah. If well, you were healthy, though, could you have played into your 40s? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You I still mean, had a love of the game for it? Oh, I was working out all the time. You know, just getting ready. Yeah. I think that's the fascinating thing about a guy like Tom Brady is that, you know, you and I both know the, me- the mental toll it takes on you, the emotional toll it takes on you. And for him, to, for him to still be playing at a high level this last year at 44 or whatever, it's incredible. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's one of a kind, the GOAT. He's the GOAT. <laughs> you've, you've got no problem calling him the GOAT? No. Do you think there's any other quarterback that – I know from a longevity standpoint, but I'm just saying from a skill standpoint, you still think that he's one of the best to ever play? Uh, boy, that's a good one. You know, well, Montana, you know, but, and that, that was with, with Walsh, right? So they, you know, they always said somebody uh, like from Bernsey had brought over the stuff that uh, Bill Walsh was doing. Shit, they've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Montana's got to be up there. He's a, he's, a, he's a legend, an icon. I mean, he was, like you're saying, he was put in a great situation. That was oh, the yeah. perfect offense for what he could do. Yeah. Well, of course, they had Dwight Clark there, too. Yeah. And uh, Roger Craig. I yeah. Mean, they, they had some good football teams. Well, you know who was my guy? It was Tom Rathman, that fullback. Yeah. <laughs> when I was growing up, I'm like, that's the guy that I – that's the guy that I wanted to be. The guy, I, I don't know what it is about his, his style or what it was, but I really gravitated towards that guy that was just kind of doing the dirty work. You know, didn't get a lot of recognition, but just looked tough as shit. You know, you know I will, uh, if you guys have questions, feel free to raise your hand. I know in the past that we've had a microphone that's went around. Do we, do we have a mic? Maybe you can come up. You want to come up here and I'll, how about I do this? Why don't you come up here? I'll hand you the microphone. Did you have, like, a best pal on the team? Like, this was your guy? Like, this is the guy you always hung out with on the team? You considered him your best friend? That'd be Studwell. Yeah, we lived together for five years. And, yeah. yeah. What was it about Stud, though, that you get that made you guys click? I mean, 
linebacker, you're a, you're a quarterback, not always together during practice. Yeah. You know, what was it about his personality that you guys just clicked? Uh, I, I think we both kind of like to chase it. <laughs> what? Chase what? Well, I forgot. <laughs> so you're saying you're both womanizers, and you guys, so who, who was whose wingman when you guys went out to the bars? Were you his wingman? He, or? No, he was my wingman. He was your wingman? All right, so you so you would sort of sit back and he'd he kind of bring him over, huh? Oh, I would go get him and he'd sit there. Okay, yeah. I see. So you had the personality to go out and talk to him and whatever, and he would he would just kind of hang. Well, no, he'd talk to him too, you know. <laughs> My goodness, I know there's about a about a thousand other stories you could probably <laughs> tell us. Does anybody else have any other questions for TK? You two are going back and forth with the finger pointing. Oh, now they're both going to go up. Uh, you were number nine forever. Why number nine? Do you have a reason that's your favorite? Number nine? Yeah, why number nine? Uh, they gave that to me in high school. So there's no, there's no significance to that number? You weren't? No, just I had the number. Yeah. I was kind of the same situation. <laughs> I got to college, and they're like, you're 52. And I'm like, all right, I'll be 52. I got the NFL, and they're like, you're 51. I'm like, okay, I'm 51. <laughs> it didn't bother me. Yeah, come on up. Hey, Tommy. Um, 1981 versus the Chargers. You got in a day early. Take it from there. Okay. <laughs> Who told you this shit, huh? <laughs> uh, no, so anyways, we're, we're going out to play the San Francisco, or not San Francisco, San Diego in 81. And we get, we get in early for when we normally get in. And so we got in about 12 o'clock because of the time change. And so hell and me and Studwell and about 13 of us, we all ordered some taxis. And we went to this little bar on the beach. And we all three, all three of us, and we bought all these uh, cases of beer. We got our uh, taxi on time to get back to, to uh, supper on time. So we're going in there, walking in, and Bud's sitting at the corner, and as some of us start walking in, Bud goes, <laughs> you guys just reeked, huh? Huh? You guys just smelled of alcohol, huh? Well, that's what he was smelling. I don't know what else. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so then we go out there, you know, we go back, go to sleep, and then we have a breakfast, or, you know, because it was a 12 o'clock game. And so Carl Eller, he, you know, he was in there and he says, I want some, uh, I want some uh, pancakes. And so the, his little server was scared to death. And she, so, so he goes over to Bud and says, is it okay if, if that guy gets pancakes? And Bud says, no, he can't have any. The guy comes back and tells him no. And so Moose, Carl Eller, he stands up and the, Pretty much everybody had finished, and they had those round tables that you put all the plates on. You know, round table you put all the plates on and all that. <laughs> and Alan rears back and kicks that stand up in the air. <laughs> all, the, all the glass fall down and shit. He says, I'm going to go pay for my own damn uh, pancakes. <laughs> oh, so we are playing the Chargers, and so me and... Fouts were having a shootout, 
And so we were moving the ball down the field. We scored a touchdown. Then I threw an interception. And then I threw another touchdown. And then I said, I said, uh, Bud, I said, yeah, damn, I got to go take a piss. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I went down in the tunnel and I said, if, if I'm not back in time, then, t- you know, tell, Bert, uh, tell uh, Dilsey to get in there. He's all right. So I go in there, piss right on the wall of the tunnel. No, you didn't even go to the bathroom. You said no. right on the tunnel wall. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, nobody can see you. Yeah, yeah, nobody can see you. I know. Yeah. I, I get it. And so, and so then I went back out there, and, and uh, hell, I was cramping up. I said, man, give me some water. I could get some water. And so anyways, to make a long story short, uh, short we have the ball, and we're in our formation, and nobody is even out there with Terry LeCount. And so I always, you know, whenever I want the ball, I goose my center. Yeah. And he's yeah. Gonna, I'm not going to say anything. He's just going to goose it. Yeah. Right threw the ball right over to there, and Terry LeCount was right there for a touchdown. So what were they doing? I have no idea. <laughs> I liked so it. So obviously they just lined up wrong, and they didn't even account for him. And yeah. you saw it, yeah. goosed him. And just threw the easy touchdown. Oh, yeah. All after you just pissed on the wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, and then we, uh, we ended up beating them uh, 33 to 31, I think. Dang, man. Yeah. And, and, the, and the thing is, the day before, you guys were hitting it hard well, on the beach yeah, in yeah, San Diego. We're used to that. I'm telling you, man, the... the you guys' lifestyle is way different than ours. You know, when we, when we land, when we go on a road game, let's say we're going to San Diego, we would land at probably 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. They would give us two and a half hours to get some dinner, see family, friends, whatever. Did you have to buy your own dinner? No, but you could, you had, we had dinner, but you oh. could if you had family in town. If you want to go out, you could oh, go out. Okay. And kind of, that was like your free time. And then we were right back having special teams meetings at 7 o'clock, 7.30. And then we'd have meetings for another hour, hour and a half. And then we basically go to snack, team snack at like 9.15, 9.30. And then they had room check at 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. We had no time to do anything. And you guys got to go run around San Diego and smoke <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> they must have been worried about y'all guys. Uh, we got another question coming for you, TK. Uh, you played with a lot of great wide receivers. How do you rate the guys you played with, with like JJ and Thielen t- today? J- JJ. Justin, well, Je- Justin Jefferson. Oh, Justin J. Okay, yeah. Well, I had, I had some really good ones. I had uh, Mod Rashad, had Sammy White, uh, had uh, Joe Sensor. Uh, I had Steve Jordan. I had uh, Leo Lewis, Anthony, Anthony, uh, no AC, Anthony Carter, and I, that, that that boy could run. I mean, and once we had Archie down in training camp one day after I blew out my the year after I blew out my knee, and uh, we were just doing patting goals, you know, in practice and throwing them about 50 yards as quick as you can and throw the ball as fast as you can. Archie throws the ball, AC's waiting on it down in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> no way. 
<laughs> he was just camped out underneath waiting for the ball to get there. Yeah. And so he starts, you know, they jog back, and Archie all of a sudden says, hey, AC. He says, did you catch that rustler? AC goes, what you talking about? What you talking about? I said, the rustler, the one that stole them calves. <laughs> He had the skinniest legs I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. But he could fly. Huh? Oh, he could fly, yeah. The, all the guys that you named before him, what, is there one similarity that they all had in common? Just well, great they, hands, speed? Yeah, no, yeah you, I mean, if you didn't have great hands, they wouldn't be there very long. Yeah. But, no, they're, you know, Sammy could run. You know, Maude was a sprinter, in, you know, at college. Do you think those guys could play in the NFL today? Oh, yeah. I mean, if... You mean the way we were back then? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. saying in their prime back then. Oh, yeah. Do you think they could, they could play in the game today? Oh, yeah. Really? It's yeah. a lot of confidence. How about you? You think you can play in the game? In, oh, your, yeah. in your prime, you think you can play in the modern oh, NFL? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how there's not, not even a second guess. <laughs> not even a second guess. We got any other questions? Yeah, we got. So which team did you hate the most? And explain why it's the Packers. <laughs> And where'd you get the urinal to and on that? Oh, that's right. Well, you know, you picked the Packers is because I throw I threw six touchdowns past them in one game. Yeah. So that that's why I like the Packers. <laughs> is there is there a team though that you sort of dreaded playing? I know you mentioned Chicago and that forty six defense. It's a little bit different style defense, but it was there ever a team in your, your career that's like they either just had your number or you guys just always had problems with them? Uh, no, not, no. That, I, didn't mind, I, I didn't care who we were playing. I yeah. just playing. I like it. Any other questions? Or we, got, we got one more. We'll do one more question and we'll wrap this thing up. Or you got, you got a question too? Okay, we got two questions. Then. Uh, so tell us about the miracle at the Met. What happened in the, you know, the huddle and how did the play come to fruition? Which one was that? The, the miracle 1980? at the Met. They're kicking to us, and we we get the ball on our own 20 with 14 seconds left on the clock and no timeouts left. And so I get in the huddle, and, man, my offensive linemen aren't looking at me. So I get in there, and I said, listen, you motherfuckers. I said, these fuckers are scared. They're scared. Goddamn, they're scared. Don't you know that? So I got their attention. All right, so we go squadron right, squadron hook and lateral. That's a 12-yard hook to Joe Sensor. Teddy Brown's smart enough to come back, and and Sensor uh, taps the ball. Yeah, back. he was in a great position. It was perfectly timed the way yeah. he got the way he pitched that lateral that ball backwards. And so he's smart enough. He steps out of bounds on their 60-yard line. I mean, on the 46-yard line of the other team. And so. I get in the huddle, I said, oh, did I not tell you boys? They're scared. They're scared. All right, squadron right, squadron fly. Who's ever going to be the point? Do not try to catch it. Bat it left or right because we're going to have a a receiver on each side. And so I drop back and let him get a little time down there and then just tossed it up in the air to make sure that, you know, it wasn't going to go over their head. So the ball got tipped, and Rashad sticks out his left hand and gets the ball. That was one of the funnest, best games to win. Yeah, that, that stadium went crazy. Oh, I yeah. mean, it was, it was bonkers. But I want to give you a little bit of shit, okay? 
Because I saw that play. I know the play you're talking about. Did you intentionally throw it short, or uh, well, it, or the arm strength just not there, huh? Oh no, it's, it was there. I can throw that ball. I blind, hit dude. about the two yard line. <laughs> uh, I know, it was about the two yard line. You gotta keep it in play. <laughs> what about throwing it two yards deep in the end zone? Uh, we practiced that way. Oh, sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> we pr we practiced that every Friday. Did you? Was that like the final play on the Friday practice? Yeah. The little squadron night Hail Mary? Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Love it, man. That iconic play in Vikings history. Okay, last question. Honor to talk to you, Tommy Kramer. Thank you. Anyways, that was the question I was going to ask you. The exact same question the guy asked before, but uh, you know how the NFL now protects quarterbacks in terms of getting hit? You think he would have lasted a lot longer in terms of, you know, getting yeah. hit. Oh, yeah. Head right. hits and and, yeah. and uh, how many concussions did you suffer? I would say probably close to 35. Whoa, what? Yeah. 35 concussions? Yeah. Golly. Yeah. So did you, did you ever get, like, knocked out, knocked out? Like, con unconscious? You're not, not, not all 35. On, no, with uh, Jim Youngblood back in 78. That motherfucker picked me up, twirled me around three times, and body slams me to the ground. And I'm... <laughs> and I, you know, and I, I wake up in the hospital. I mean, in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. I was out. And so I go and I get in there and I say, uh, I said, what happened? I said, oh, well, Mr. Kramer, just sit still, sit still. You know, I got you because I said, well, what happened? They said, well, you got sacked really bad. I said, did I fumble? And they said, no. I said, well, take this shit off of me then. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, okay, so I'm only asking out of morbid curiosity because in my career, I'd never been knocked out. Okay, so I'd never like lost consciousness on any sort of hit. Do you wake up with a, like a splitting headache, or do you just sort of wake up and you go, "Huh? Wait, what happened?" And you feel fine? Yeah, you feel fine. You just won't know what happened. So you didn't wake up with like, "Oh my gosh, my head's killing me," or "My eyes hurt." Nothing. Well, no, I didn't. Didn't feel anything. So if they, if you weren't in the ambulance, would you be able to just go right back in the game in your mind? No, 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 no way you can do that. Yeah, because you know your brain is swells. Yeah, but I'm just saying from from the way that you feel. Like, could you right. feel like? Oh, I feel all right. Yeah, I felt I felt all right when I woke up. God, I think that's so fascinating. So if, now, don't get any wild ideas. I don't want to get knocked out. Okay, so <laughs> so you guys just don't. Nobody try to tackle me. But um, so Tommy, I know that you do. You're doing an amazing job lately, especially of connecting back with the fans again. On your social media, at Kramer9Tommy on Twitter, um, you're doing a lot of appearances. You're doing signings and stuff like that. Um, you have a website as well. The website, is it just, is it just Tommy? Tommy Kramer 9. Tommy Kramer 9. So your Twitter is Kramer9Tommy, and then your website's TommyKramer9.com. Okay, so for everybody out here and everybody listening, uh, please connect with Tommy. You're outstanding. Um, Everybody here at Mystic Lake, please, once more, give it up for TK. TK, thanks so much, man. That was, I loved hearing those stories. Um, I'm glad that my podcast is explicit because if it wasn't, we were going to have a hard time 
I told you before the podcast, like, hey, man, just be yourself. If you, if you want to swear, I, I swear a little bit, too. Um, so I'm glad I don't have to bleep anything out because you were, you were real and authentic, and I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. All right, thank you guys so much for coming out. Well, that is going to do it for us here at Unrestricted. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I want to thank Tommy Kramer for his time, for his perspective, for certainly the stories that he shared. My goodness, what a time to play in the National Football League. I want to thank my sponsors as well. Redmond Real Salt. If you want ancient sea salt that's harvested right here in the great United States for hydration, for cooking, they have a bunch of other products as well. Go to redmond.life. Redmond.life. Use the promo code LIBER, L-E-B-E-R, for 15% off your order at checkout. I also want to thank wellscare.net for their IASO device, I-A-S-O. You can go to bestbuy.com, type in I-A-S-O to get your at-home cold laser therapy device. Uh, For all your bumps and bruises, for whatever ails you, go to wellscare.net and go to bestbuy.com. So that's going to do it. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Thank you guys for uh, subscribing, for liking this podcast, for spreading the news about this podcast, and um, couldn't do it without you guys. So thanks so much, and I'll see you and talk to you next week. Bye.